sometimes we need to really soberly look at our dreams and, 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 and take each symbol and polish them and say, what are they saying? Because there's a treasure of revelation hidden but wanting to be found. Come on. It's stunning. Oh, in fact, let me just pray for you right now because wherever I go, I pray for people to get dreams. Is that okay? One time a lady came to me. She says, I've never spoken tongues and I've never had a dream. I said, okay, let's pray. Lord, give her a dream and have her speak in tongues. She came back the next week. I said, do you have a dream? She, yes, she had a dream. I was speaking in tongues and I woke up speaking in tongues. <laughs> Lift your hands and I'm going to pray. God, loose the dream language of heaven on the community of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name, release dreams. I want you to reach up. You don't have to feel it. I receive. In the name of Jesus, we receive. We expect to hear the voice of God. Raise up a whole new level of prophets because we've treated this thing as holy. We begin to tap into a whole new dimension of wisdom and revelation. In the name of Jesus. of breathing underwater my word i feel the presence of god so strong after that intro if you don't know who that was that is lou engel he is one of my favorite people he is an, an intercessor and a prophet and a voice to our generation and clearly someone that believes in the holiness of dreams and i just have to say if you have not been journeying with us in season one, go back to season one because you will see that this is the kind of people we are and this is what we're about on this podcast. We are those that he is speaking to. We are this whole new era of prophets that are being raised up because we are taking the revelation from our dreams seriously and we are going after the hidden revelation and deeming it holy, deeming it so very holy. And I believe so much in this new season of Breathing Underwater, we are delving into a whole new dimension of wisdom and revelation. And this, my friends, is all the leading of God. It was not my idea to do a second season. It is so clearly the Holy Spirit saying we have wrapped up where, where we were in that last season and we are going into new territory. And as you know, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. I am following him and I'm just excited about it. I'm the kind of person that lives in all kinds of mystery. So I'm not scared. I'm ready. And I don't think you're scared either. So here we are coming in hot. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Season two. You heard that right. I know most people would want to make this episode one of season two, but I'm not most people in case you haven't figured that out yet. And 
I have felt that the symbolism of our numbers has prophetically narrated so much of our journey. We just have to keep going with this and God is doing something with it. So this is episode 17 and the number 17 in the meaning of it will not disappoint. Are you ready? That's a drum roll in case you couldn't tell. Overcoming victory. <laughs> Overcoming victory is the meaning of number 17. Do you see a little bit of a theme here over these handful of weeks? God is on the move, y'all. I'm telling you. And it couldn't be any more appropriate because we are going to talk about the promises of God today. Prophetic promises re that he reveals through our dreams. How to discern them. What's the purpose of them. And more. But a couple cool tidbits about the number 17 and why overcoming victory is associated with the number is Israel just so happened to have crossed the Red Sea on the 17th day of the month. Okay, there's that narrative again. Hello. And Jesus was actually resurrected on the 17th day of the month. And we know this because he was crucified on Passover, which is the 14th. And then, of course, he was raised three days later. So the 17th. So if you are seeing 17s in your dreams or while you're awake, this is so awesome. God is speaking to you about victory, about being victorious. And honestly, I would say this is really the season that we're in right now is seeing God fulfill things he's promised he's going to do and be victorious on our behalf. That is definitely how he has been speaking to me and corporately around the community that I am in. So this is exciting. Today, like I mentioned, we're going to jump into the deep end. We are going to go straight into God's promises. We are already tapped into this, starting with the baby factory, and we're just going to continue. And I know for some of you, this might feel a little bit off-putting because there's a lot of emotion and history and questions that come around God's promises to us. Not just the promises written in scripture, but the actual personal, individual promises that he speaks to us. And if you're one of those people who is a little afraid of delving into this realm again because you've had disappointment in the past over what you thought God had said to you, over what he is saying to you and still hasn't come to pass, I want you to know you're in good company and that you don't actually have to be free of disappointment to enter back into this. And in the next week or coming weeks, we're going to have an episode specifically on disappointment. God has actually given me a couple of really cool dreams speaking to disappointment. And that is something I am very accustomed with. So there's absolutely no need to pretend over here that we haven't experienced disappointment before. Not to mention, God doesn't deal in facade. Okay, his currency is truth. He is the spirit of truth. And so we don't have to put on a facade and pretend that we don't have this disappointment. He just wants us to come straight to him with it rather than allowing it to be a barrier that comes between us in any way, whether our relationship or future promises that he wants to speak to us about. So does that sound good? Stay in the game with me. Just stay in the game with me. And we're going to see what God does. So let's just start right at the foundation. Let's start by asking the question, why does God give us promises? Like, what, what's the point of that? What are we supposed to do with them? What does he want us to know? What is this supposed to show us when he gives us promises? And I would say, if we look back at scripture to the very beginning, 
God is given promises left and right. It is just a part of who he is. And I think it's because he is love. He is generosity. He is a giver. That's just who he is. He is giving generously to us all the time. He gave us life for crying out loud. And he gave us this beautiful earth and he's given us everything that we need. So he's just always thinking, give. He's so, so generous. And he's also a father. And if you're a father or a mother, you know how much you love to give gifts to your kids, especially those gifts that are exactly what they want, right? Because it shows that you know them and it shows that you hear them and it shows that you love them. I mean, man, sometimes it's harder to keep the secret of a gift that you have from your kid than anything else, right? Like you're more excited even than they are to unwrap it. You're like, can't wait to see your reaction when you see what I got you. I mean, it's just really fun. It's a way of showing love and delight, right? And God wants us to not only know that we are loved, but that we he really knows us. And so he gives us promises that are really specific to our own lives and tailor-made for our story and for who we are inside. I actually am a gifts person. I love to receive gifts, but really because when I receive gifts that show that someone knows me, I feel so loved. It's something about being known in that. I've definitely had people give me gifts that were so kind and so generous, but honestly showed me they didn't really know me very well. And that doesn't meet me in the same way at all. You know, thank you for that thing, but I don't like that and I don't need that and I don't want that. So now I feel a little bit like you haven't actually been paying attention to my life at all. And that maybe this isn't an act of love. It's maybe just you're wanting to be generous. So I'm not saying that those kind of gifts aren't bad, but you know what it is like to receive a gift that's like, wham, you know me, you have thought about me, you have been listening, and what that does to your heart, it fills us, it fills us with love and a sense of worth, which is what God wants to do with us, because he's, he's a father, but he's also our designer. He knows what we long for because he put it inside of us. Those desires and those longings that we have are a really good indicator of what he wants to give us. And I know that can sound scary because, man, there's something about a desire and trusting someone to fulfill that that is just really, really risky. But he designed us. He knows what he has put inside of us. He knows the way that we're wired and what we're wired to do and what we're wired to accomplish. He knows who we are and what we love and what we don't like and the kind of people that we would have, the best kind of relationships. He knows the best kinds of scenarios for us to fit inside. The, he knows how to meet our needs and to meet our longings. He's the only one, really. He's the only one. And we get to learn alongside of him what our needs and what our longings are and, and partner with him to fulfill those in a healthy way. But when we're talking about longings and dreams and desires, those really belong to the Lord. He also knows as far as our calling, like how we were meant to affect the earth and actually influence what's happening here as his ambassador. You know, we co-labor with God to bring about his kingdom on the earth. There is purpose for us here. And he knows what he's put inside of us to fulfill that. The next reason God gives us promises is because it really gives us vision for our lives. 
so often we can feel like I'm full of all of these these gifts or these longings or desires, or maybe not. Maybe you're like, I don't even know what I'm good at. I don't know what my purpose is. And God will start to speak to us about who we are, and he'll give us promises of where he's going to take us, and that helps give us vision. It says in scripture, I forget where it is offhand, but that without vision, people perish. We have to know where we're going. We need to know what we're aiming towards. And so if he gives us promises, that will help us aim. That gives us hope to know where he's taking us. And the next thing I wanted to mention is oftentimes he gives us promises because we're going to need them to actually to war with them. As you know, we live in a world where we're experiencing trouble. I mean, Jesus even promised us that, that we would. He said, you will experience trouble, but I will be with you. And I've overcome the world. So we know we're experiencing trouble. We experience refining. We experience hardships here. And so often, the very way to stay in the battle, to stay on course, is to take our promises in our hand like a sword, to battle through the circumstances that are coming at us that are giving us a different storyline or we need to hold on to those even to, to stand our ground to stay the path sometimes it gets really foggy and it feels like what wait where am I going I'm disoriented I thought that I would be here by now and so he gives us or reminds us of promises to reorient us and to keep us on path to keep us trusting him to to keep us heading towards that promised land or that promise the next thing I wanted to mention, and I really felt this part was highlighted to me the most when I was preparing for this. The Holy Spirit actually interrupted me <laughs> while I was uh, recording this. One other time I, I started to record it and he interrupted me and gave me a scripture. And that is John 15, 15. He led me right there. In John 15, 15, he says, no longer do I call you servants. He's speaking right to you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father I make known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would abide. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, and all that I have heard from the father I have made known to you. Him speaking to us, giving us promises, he's showing us what the Father is up to. He's showing us what's in the Father's heart for us. Isn't that stunning? If we were just servants, he wouldn't tell us what he was doing, but we're not. We're friends. This is a part of friendship with God. And even deeper intimacy is he shows us what's on the heart of the Father. And isn't it just the greatest treasure to receive a promise from God? I know for me, there's nothing that means more to me than to hear his voice, hear him speak anything to me, really. But when there's a promise, it is the most precious jewel. And he appointed us to go and bear much fruit. Just before this in John 15, Jesus says that when we bear much fruit, that it actually glorifies the Father. That the Father is glorified when we bear fruit. Which leads to the next reason, which is, that we would bear fruit. <laughs> he gives us promises to show us what he is doing, to show us where we're going, to show us who we're becoming, but also that they will be fulfilled. 
The purpose of the promise is for it to be fulfilled. So often, we can feel like we've been tricked when something takes a long time. I get it. I've been there myself. And listen, the promises of God, they have timing. They have divine timing. And we are so accustomed to getting something immediately. We have not exercised the muscles of waiting very well. I mean, if it's been two weeks, we're like, oh, well, I must have misunderstood that or he must have lied or it, it's off. Somehow I'm wrong. <laughs> Which, of course, if we read scripture is just very clearly not how things go. <laughs> God is always looking at the long haul and he's always looking big picture down the road. He's doing things for our generations that we will never meet as well as in our own lives. So his time frame can be really different than ours sometimes. And there are some promises that we will get that are meant to be seen and fulfilled in other generations. But there are many that are meant to be fulfilled in our lifetime and he wants us to hold to those because when they are fulfilled the purpose is fulfillment that we will bear much fruit in that fulfillment and that that will actually be a picture to the world of how beautiful and good our God is there's you know this kind of train of thought that I think is not untrue, but is a little old where God is only glorified through suffering and martyrdom. Man, he is absolutely glorified through that. And he is absolutely glorified when we are going through suffering and we cling to him and others witness our father being with us in that and our faith in that. It is powerful and beautiful and he does not keep us from trials at all. Quite the contrary. But the train of thought that God gets glorified solely through suffering is just untrue because it says right here that he's glorified when we bear fruit. He's so glorified through showing his generosity, his intentionality towards us, his kindness, his abundance, his ability to do the impossible. I mean, tell me about a time you've heard of a miracle or seen a miracle and not felt the glory of the Lord fill you with hope and awe and wonder and how that draws you to God. Isn't that so beautiful? So he's not afraid of us bearing a lot of fruit. Jesus says that he actually came to give us life and life more abundantly. And of course, that may look different than the material things that we're used to being like, oh, they, they have life abundantly. Now he's talking about real life abundantly. And when he gives us a promise that is a spirit, soul, fulfilling promise from him, that kind of life, that's the tree of life. That is the tree of life when a desire is fulfilled right there. And it brings so much into our own lives, peace, connection, trust, love, delight, all of that into our own lives, but it also spills out for the world to see. So his intention when he gives us a promise is to fulfill it because he's also glorified in that. And our relationship is strengthened in that. So does God give promises in dreams? Well, yeah, he totally does. I have many examples of this, but don't just take my word for it. Let's go to scripture. There are 22 recorded instances of dreams in scripture. That does not mean that people were more people were not dreaming. I'm sure more people were dreaming. There were a lot more dreams, but these were the ones that the Holy Spirit thought were important to have in our canon, in our Bible. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the first mentioned dream in the Bible has to do with God giving a covenant, that it is happening at the same moment. 
God takes his promises very seriously. He is a covenant-making God. And luckily, the covenant to fulfill our promises, just like this was with this covenant he made with Abram that I'm going to get to in just a moment, it was entirely dependent on God. Even though we enter into covenant with him, he is swearing the covenant on himself, knowing that we're going to fail. But that's how faithful he is. It just blows my mind. So let's pop to Genesis 15. This is the first dream. So God's covenant with Abram. So Abram's not even Abraham yet. And God just gave him a vision in the vision. He says to Abraham, I am your shield. I am your very great reward. And Abraham says, Abram says, but what will you give me? For I continue childless. And the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And God says, basically, no, no, I'm not going to give Eleazar an heir. I'm going to give you an heir from your very own body. This is my promise to you. And it says that he believed the Lord and the Lord counted it to him as righteousness. Well, then in verse seven, right after this, God actually makes another promise to him. He says, I am the Lord who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. So now God's talking about land to possess. This is another promise. And Abram says, but God, how will I know that I'm actually going to possess it? And God says to him, bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, and a handful of birds. And essentially, he cuts them all in half. Ooh, gruesome. But this is about making a covenant. And God shows him, I'm making a covenant with you right now. And as this is happening and the sun is going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram. And he had a dream where God spoke to him. Interestingly, side note, the deep sleep word here, this Hebrew word is the same word that's used for Adam when God put Adam to sleep in Genesis, when he took the rib from his side and created Eve, which I think is just very interesting. So Abram fell into a deep sleep and behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. But the Lord said to him, know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there. They will be afflicted for 400 years, but I will bring judgment on that nation that they serve. And afterward, they will come out with great possessions and they are going to possess this land. So God actually brings them into this deep, deep sleep and powerfully moves in this stormy, dark way to confirm his promise and covenant. I am not only giving you offspring, but they're going to possess the land. This is the first dream recorded. And we know that Abram ended up having Isaac, who ended up having Jacob. And then Jacob has a dream in Genesis 28, where he's laying on a rock. <laughs> and you know, the Jacob's ladder story, he sees angels ascending and descending. Some say that it was a staircase, ascending and descending. And basically God appears to him in that moment and says, this land where you are right now, this place that you're laying your head, I am going to give to you. So this is another promise about land. And then, of course, Jacob ends up having a son, Joseph, which we're going to talk more about in next episode, who also ends up getting a prophetic promise in his dream. So the list continues, but this is something that God does. And I love the example here because it is the example of land. It's the example of territory, which can be really metaphorical and it can be literal. When God is promising about our land, he is speaking to us about what is ours to possess, what is ours to have, whether that is 
what we're meant to do vocationally or a success that we're supposed to have or an inheritance from our generations that is supposed to be ours or like a promise of family for me that is a part of the land that I am meant to possess and to steward and to grow and to have that he wants to give me so God is speaking about land here and it can absolutely be literal people have promises about about physical land and acres and houses and buildings and all of that. Absolutely. God is always about that kind of territory, literal physical territory, but also in the spirit. prophetic promise. How do we differentiate between that kind of a dream and other dreams? Well, I would say this takes time and it takes practice, but first and foremost, you're kind of just going to know. In the same way when we talk about God dreams, you know, some dreams are just really set apart. And you know that I believe all dreams are important, and I absolutely stand by that. I think we should be taking time to interpret all of our dreams to see what God is speaking through them. But then there are those that you can tell immediately are really sacred and set apart in a way where, oh man, God was doing something in that dream. What does it mean? Usually these ones are going to feel like that. Not always because he can sneak promises into other kinds of dreams too. So the next thing to know is really the interpretation. We really have to be getting the interpretation for our dreams, which duh, that's what we're talking about here on this podcast. So you already know that, but the interpretation is what is going to fully reveal that this is a promise from God. I also have to say that most of my prophetic promise dreams, not all, but most of them have come as a confirmation or as a visual or a picture of a promise he'd already given me of what it will look like or what it will feel like or how it's going to unfold. So there have been times that God is firstly giving me a promise through a dream. Absolutely. But oftentimes, kind of like what just happened with Abram's story, there's a promise given, and then there's this confirmation in a dream of, yes, this is the promise. And there's details and signs and symbols in here. They're actually going to be important to know about maybe the timing, to know about what how it's going to unfold or where you're going to be. Just like at the very beginning when Lou was talking about, mm, I love how he said it, taking the symbols and polishing them and really getting all the hidden juicy revelation out of it. Oh my gosh, yes. Once we get the overarching interpretation, going back to these symbols and just getting as much as we can from it because God is speaking in all of these things. And so oftentimes dreams will reveal that very thing. It will give us more detail or specifics on a promise. And God wants us to know the details because this can help keep us in line and even orient us. Like I mentioned, timing, I think, is an important thing. We don't always know the timing. Definitely not. But sometimes he will speak through a dream to give us markers that we're going to experience in our actual life that will point to the timing, that will point to orienting us to the content of that dream or that particular promise. So I have an example of this. I have many prophetic promise dreams But this one is definitely 
the one that sticks out the most. I had this dream nine years ago, and I don't think I've actually had this kind of experience in a dream before or since. It was so full of joy and contentment and excitement and peace and love. Like the, the way I felt in that dream was so other. I woke up recognizing like, oh, I'm different. This was definitely God. There was a release of something in this dream. And while I can't go into all the details of the dream, I know, I'm sorry, how rude. I will tell you at some point, but I'm actually in the middle of this dream right now, actually towards the end of this dream, thank God. So I will share more of it with you at some point. But in this dream, God was giving me visuals for a promise he had already given me, but it was like he was reinstating his promise and giving me a picture of what it would look like to a degree. And there was a lot in this dream that I didn't understand in the moment and symbols that didn't quite make sense yet because they weren't supposed to. So I didn't even 100% know in that moment that this was a prophetic promise dream. I knew that it was speaking to a promise, but I didn't know, oh, this is how this is going to go down. It wasn't for three years after that. <laughs> in 2016, when something happened in life where I realized, oh, wait, that's that symbol from that dream. <gasps> oh, wait, that's that symbol from that dream. And he was actually showing me the time frame of the dream. You're in the dream now, Margot. And that's when it started for me. I thought, oh, my gosh, this dream is actually going to play out. And then as time went on, yes, this started to play out and God would give me different signs in life or markers of this is where we're at in the dream now. It's been six, almost it's six years even since that moment. So it's been nine years total since I had this dream and I'm still not completely at the end of it, although I am at the very tail end, like you heard in one of my, my past podcasts. I'm in the, the closing scene here. But I didn't, I didn't know that this could be a way that dreams work. So sometimes he gives us a promise dream with details in it that we need to, to really sit with and ask him, what does this mean? Was it, what does this mean? Sometimes we just know it's a promise dream and we can get the overarching and then those things will actually end up playing out and we'll know what they mean in time. It just depends on the dream. It just depends on how God is speaking to you. But this has been essential for me going through the process that I've been going through and what I've been experiencing in my life, God has given me many other dreams and many other words to help me along the way. And he's actually been, been giving me dreams that look really different and feel really different, but are a part of that prophetic promise to give me another marker of where we're at and what's going on now. I actually call it dream mapping. I've been doing this for quite a while. This is something that you guys could good could do too. And I'm absolutely a resource to help you with that if you're interested. Dream mapping, because I have so many and because usually he speaks in themes and there's multiple kind of themes happening in my life. Some are prophetic promises, some are discernment, some are uh, destiny dreams, some are marking where I'm at right now, some are intercession. And so I start to kind of map out, okay, what is what are you showing me here? And he'll give me dreams now that will actually speak to the moment I'm in now or the thing that's about to come that gives me an idea in the bigger picture, even of this nine-year-old dream of where I'm at. So God, our Father, is really interested in us knowing where we're at and knowing his heart for us in this journey. 
sometimes, and maybe oftentimes, especially the big dreams, the big promises can take a little bit of time. And we go through some hardship, like I mentioned before. And he is really faithful to continue to speak into that so that we don't lose hope. We don't think we missed it. There have been many times I thought, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to be in this. I want to move. I want to do something completely different. Have I made a mess of my life? There's been many times because my waiting has been really, really long. And I'm sure many of you can can relate to that over any kind of promise that we're still waiting for or some desire that we have. And he's just continued to give me, especially in dreams, these confirmations of the promise, no, you haven't missed it. I'm still doing it. This is what I'm doing. So we're going to close today, but my homework for you, I guess, is to, to go to your dreams and ask God to highlight any of the dreams that you've had recently or in the past that are prophetic promise dreams. Or why don't you go through, pull your journal out and relook over them and see if you can identify any that were prophetic promises and dig in a little bit deeper. Actually start writing out what God is showing you that he's promising you and ask him questions like, is there something you want me to know about timing? Is there something I need to do to partner with this? Is there more to this promise? And for those of you who don't necessarily think you have promises through your dreams, I'm going to pray right now. Lord, would you just bring them promise dreams, prophetic promise dreams, even tonight, even between this time and our next episode, or we're going to continue talking about promises. Would you release prophetic promises or confirmations of promises you've already shown them and given them in their dream life, Lord? Yes, God. We just want to honor how you love to give us gifts. And we just treasure your promises, Lord. We treasure them. And I ask that you would give such a grace to those listening who have experienced disappointment to step in again and to enter back into the conversation with you over things that they desire, over things that you've promised them. Would you use this dream realm, God, just like was was prayed at the very beginning of this by Lou Engel. Would you just bring them into the deepest new dimension of revelation in their dreams. I look forward to being with you guys next week. We're going to continue on this process. I'm going to leave you with that same prayer because it was so anointed. So get in receive mode and I will see you next time. Happy dreaming. Sometimes we need to really soberly look at our dreams and, 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 and take each symbol and polish them and say, what are they saying? Because there's a treasure of revelation hidden but wanting to be found come on it's stunning oh in fact let me just pray for you right now because wherever i go i pray for people to get dreams is that okay one time a lady came to me she says i've never spoken tongues and i've never had a dream i said okay let's pray lord give her a dream and have her speak in tongues she came back the next week I said, do you have a dream? She, yes, she had a dream. I was speaking in tongues and I woke up speaking in tongues. <laughs> Lift your hands and I'm going to pray. God, loose the dream language of heaven on the community of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name, release dreams. I want you to reach up. You don't have to feel it. I receive. In the name of Jesus, we receive. We expect to hear the voice of God. Raise up a whole new level of prophets. 
because we've treated this thing as holy, we begin to tap into a whole new dimension of wisdom and revelation. In the name of Jesus.